everybody. It is Monday, 7.39 p.m., January 30th, and your boy, Truly Jonah, is here with you live. We are coming at you from, well, I don't really want to tell you where, but you know what I'm saying. I just pounded me some maple syrup. I'm talking bourbon-flavored maple syrup, and I let it sit in my mouth. We were just talking about how if that sugar or whatever, you know, if it soaks in your gums, it gets in your bloodstream faster, and whoa! I'm feeling it. I'm definitely feeling it. Could be coinciding with the caffeine I had this morning. Finally had me some coffee. You know why? Because I got up at 4 a.m. Because I meditated for a full hour today. Woo! Sunday, I got into it. I got up at 5 a.m. I'm talking meditating. I went to the gym. I did my yoga. I did the back PT. I banged it all out before I went to wrestling practice. And actually, that afternoon, I was pretty exhausted. My resting heart rate was super duper high. For those of you who don't know, uh, you can definitely measure your resting heart rate and you know, day over day over day over day and use that as an indicator for when you're overtraining. So Sunday after the wrestling tournament where I'm like, bruh, bruh, I screamed a little less this time, thankfully. Tried not to make anybody cry. I got back home and I'm like, woo, kind of dazed and confused. I mean, I ate a whole bunch, right? Because I, I had eaten a triple egg bagel sandwich filled with ham and American cheese on the way to the meat post-workout. But then I was at the tournament for like six hours, right? So I get home and I'm starving. I jam all this food in my face, sit down on the couch, fire up the YouTube to watch some hunting public. Love watching these young Thundercats get out there and slay it. They are cool dudes. They teach you the techniques. Uh, very down-to-earth, very family-friendly content. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wah, I can't get up. Everything's hazy. Put my finger to my neck. I mean, it is pumping. So I overdid it at the gym. So much for that 50% rule. I kept the weights at 50%, but the thing is, I just never gave myself a break. I mean, I just hammered it. Four sets of 10. I would press, and then I would curl. Press, curl, press, curl, press. Back and forth, back and forth. I did pull-ups, four sets of four. In between each set, I would do these, like, jumping lunges because I was watching this motivational video before I went to the gym. And, well, I was actually doing my back PT, and the music was playing, and in the music was a person who was doing these jump squats or whatever, the jump lunges where you're alternating feet, you get down a lunge, and then you just jump straight up, switch to the other foot, and so I was doing those to like do a little muscle confusion, you know, kind of nervous system, wonky donkey, and man, I was just cooked, I was straight up cooked, had a great conversation with a man, 70 years old, in there lifting weights repeatedly at 7 a.m. Planet Fitness, that is when the OGs come out, I'm talking 7 a.m. on a Sunday, they're wearing old powerlifting shirts, old bodybuilding shirts, and I had chatted up this guy one time, and he came over to me again, same thing, you know, God, I hope, God bless uh, this man, right, I hope that I don't become him in the sense that, I hope when I'm 70, I don't talk about the glory days, because I am 32, and I am still, I'm already talking about the glory days, because I don't have them anymore, so, whew, Anyway, great, great dude. Seems like a stand-up fellow. Stud, absolute stud. Wouldn't want to mess with him. Uh, but anywho, today I was like, man, I, I can do even better. Because, listen, after I was feeling so wonky, I was struggling. I was like, man, I want to go get high. <laughs> I'm like, I need to go get me some sativa. I'm going to go down and buy me a big, fat, pre-rolled J. I'm going to smoke the whole thing to my face, which is not really true, right? I can only smoke about half of those pre-rolls. I, I literally can't. That, like, that's it, right? Otherwise, I'm... I don't know, it chokes me out, like, you get a bellyache, almost like when you're smoking a cigar, I can only do, like, a quarter of a cigar before I'm, you know, gonna toss that shit, toss my cookies, and, uh, you know, I actually had a friend one time toss his cookies after smoking a stogie, we were drinking, playing beer pong, 
And this is the old college days, right? And so we're throwing down, we're throwing, you know, playing the beer pong, we're, we're drinking, drinking, and then I pull out the stogies. I had, we were just getting into cigars back in the, at that point, right? We had been smoking these, oh, what do you call them? Not Swisher Sweets, but these uh, Philly Blunts, you know what I'm saying? Like the strawberry ones with their nice, the holes already cut for you, and mm, oh, they're so sweet and delicious and strawberry-ish. I mean, we would smoke these things while we were eating Swedish fish on the golf course, right? A couple of bros. He was a lax player, so... If that explains it, uh, I don't know what else would. Anywho, we start smoking the stogies after doing this drinking event, this drinking endeavor. And all of a sudden, he's like, Bruh. and he runs through the whole house, gets to the back porch, barfs all over. The next morning, we come out. It's like spray paint all over the side of the house. He's up on the second story when he did this. And the whole back side of the house is coated in vomit. And it was coated in vomit for like... I don't know, for a while. I'm talking like two weeks at least before a significant enough rain came down to wash that off. Ugh, so gross. I think about these days, man. I'm, I'm so dumb. I, like so many things where you're just like, really, that's where you spent your energy? Like really, that's what you were doing back then? What the fuck? Keg stands, oh my gosh. Doing a keg stand on the way home from school one time, random. Just random. The, passing the Lax house. Again, Lax bros, right? Passing the Lax house. Like, oh, yeah, come do a keg stand. I've never done a keg stand. I'm like, hey. Whatever, it's Friday, I'll do that shit. I'm not scared. I ain't afraid of you. So I walk up there. He fucking set me up for a keg stand. What? What? I mean, this is this is college. This is the chaos of college. You're supposed to be, you know, shaping your life, trying to get to the future, trying to make your, something of yourself, make your family proud. They invested in you. They maybe gave you money, maybe not gave you money. Maybe you did it all by yourself. That's cool. But <laughs> then what do we do? We go there and we party. We throw down. It's, it's just bizarre. It's absolutely crazy. I sobered up Halloween senior year. You know, I got out of town. I'm like, man, I know shit's going down. I'm living with a drug dealer. He's getting involved in cocaine, right? We got people coming over to my house that I don't even know. Nobody knows them. At one point, he was not home. And these two people show up, an Asian and a black dude. And we're like, what the fuck are, is going on? And they're just sitting in our living room hanging out. And they start cutting coke. And we're like, um... And then finally, thankfully, my, my butt, the, one of the roommates, he's like, dude, you guys need to get out of here. And the one guy, he starts kind of pushing. I don't want to th- say any names, but he starts kind of pushing back. He's like, dude, this isn't your house, and the other guy's not home, and you need to get that stuff. You need to go. And thankfully, they did pack up and leave, but, like, it was eerie, dude. Like, once you start getting into the cocaine world, okay, th- there's a lot of people who deal weed. And they're all pretty cool. They're pretty casual. But as soon as you start getting into that snow, that blow, uh, there's a whole other level of sketch that comes in. And of course, that was when eventually my friend, uh, you know, the police knocked down our door and, uh, you know, thankfully I wasn't there, but he gets arrested and eventually I get arrested and it's just because I had some cocaine in my bedroom and it's just this whole fucking thing. It was so dumb, so dumb. I wasn't even using drugs. I wasn't even using drugs. I had finally decided I'm done, you guys. I'm not going to do it. And then the Lord smited me down. He's like, no, I, I know you're still in it for yourself. I know you're still trying to grow shrooms in there because I was. I had this whole trash can full of horse shit. And I guess when the cops were in there, they were fucking, then once they found it, they started screaming at everybody. They're like, is this a bomb? Are you going to blow the place up? What the hell? And it's like, no, no, it's not a bomb. It's just horse shit. I had some mycelium that I was going to inoculate that with and grow shrooms and then make a fuck ton of money because nobody ever has any shrooms and so i think that's probably why the lord kind of came down on me there because it was all about me 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 and that's what he always does you guys know i have talked about it before so listen feel so much better after uh, the friday night drinking episode and while i'm dragging ass on sunday yesterday 
thinking to myself, I need to go get a joint. I need to go get a joint. I need a, I need a sativa to kind of pick me up. I'll be fine. I can just smoke this one. It's no worse than getting, getting drunk like I did. That really sent me back. You know, I can, I can do a J and it's not going to hurt me. But I, I drag my feet. I do a few chores. You know, I'm just putting it off, putting it off. Like, how long can I put it off? And then finally, I'm like, all right, it, it, it's time. I'm, I'm fucking out of here. And so I grab my phone. I just, I type in the name of the place, and I'm like, you know, I better just check, see what's going on. They were closed. Closed at uh, four o'clock, and it was like, uh, it was like four thirty. It's like, oh shit, right? So I'm pissed, right? So I type in another place. It was closed, and <laughs> you know what? I felt really good. Once both those places were closed, I was like, you know what? Fuck yeah, those places are closed. Whatever. I don't need that shit. And it reminded me that sometimes you just got to play it hour by hour. There are times, it's not day. People are like, oh, you're going to take one day at a time. And it's like, well, some of us need to take it literally one hour at a time, right? Because I was kicking the can. When I had those urges to smoke at like 2 o'clock, I started kicking the can, kicking the can. Kick, I'm like, eh, I'm going to watch this video. Like, oh, I'm going to do this chore. Like, oh, I'm going to do Kicking the can. Mm, you know, <laughs> and then... Thank God. Praise the Lord. It was closed. I feel so much better being able to come to you guys today, speak with you authentic, with authenticity, you know, to speak with you with integrity, to say, yes, I'm still doing it. And what's crazy is by five o'clock, I had gone out and gone grocery shopping, bring all my stuff back. And I started, you know, I pulled up some clips on YouTube while I was cooking dinner and uh, Joe Rogan came up. So I pulled up a bunch of Joe Rogan clips just because you never know what you're going to find. And one of those clips was Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson. And he was talking about organizing your life again. And I'm like, man, I have heard this how many times, but it was like brand new to me again. You know, I was like, no, you gotta, you gotta clean your room. Why do you clean your room? Because you gotta aim low. Well, what do you mean aim low? Well, it's because you don't go in the gym and you try to lift 400 pounds your first time, right? You gotta, you gotta do something that you can actually lift. You gotta do something you can actually pick up. And then you slowly incrementally move it up. That's how you don't get injured. And so I am guilty of aiming way too high. I am guilty of being like, yes, tomorrow I'm gonna do this crazy fucking thing. I'm going to fast the whole day or like, I'm going to meditate for an hour. I'm going to And uh, so yeah, really guilty of that. But the point is I started listening to Jordan and then boom, Jordan begets the next person, begets the next person, begets the next person. It's all motivation, motivation, motivation. You know, it gets me fired up. And then I start tearing the house apart. I'm talking, he goes, he's like, oh, you got to clean your room. I'm like, clean your room, motherfucker. Watch this. And so I clean the kitchen. I clean the living room. I clean the bathroom. I clean my bedroom. I clean the whole house. I get all my stuff packed up for the next day of school. I haven't done that in a long time. I picked out all my outfits for the week. Haven't done that in a long time. Shave. Uh, trim my beard. Give myself a haircut because I've been a hair bagger. I've been kicking the can on my hair for a long time. Get in there, cut my hair. Shower. I'm a new fucking man at this point. I'm a new fucking man. And I'm like, wow. Literally, I did more in the last 90 minutes than I did all day. You know what? I mean, maybe it was 90 minutes. The time flew. From the time I started to get my ass in gear to the time my wife got home, I was flying. I'm talking cooking. And so it got to the point where the last thing I did was drive down the road to the store to get caffeinated coffee, uh, ground coffee, because, I'm, you know what? I'm going to get it on. I used to med- I used to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and meditate for a full hour. And I would tell people in my life that I will never meditate less than one hour because this is the bare minimum for me to survive, for me to improve, and for me not to fuck everybody else up that's in my life. Man, I have made so many mistakes. It's like one after another after another. My life is a series of tragic events, and the reason they're tragic is because I had everything handed to me on a silver platter, and I pissed it away. I threw it away. Impulse control. You name it, I fucking lost it. And and I did it all to myself. And so 
I went and got the caffeinated coffee. I got home before the wife got home. I shot my bow. I was shooting my bow last year, and I was shooting like nine rounds. Man, you can't be doing that with a with an instinctual bow. You can't be doing that with a traditional bow, shooting a recurve bow. You can't be putting nine rounds through it. No way. So I put 30 rounds through it. I'm like, you know what? I got five arrows. I'm going to shoot them six times. So I ripped that string back. Woo, I'm anchoring. When, you gotta, when you're shooting archery, you got to have an anchor. Because consistency is key. Consistency equals accuracy. It's not even so much proper technique, though, of course, that's super important. But consistency is what produces accuracy. Because if you're making the same mistake every time, the arrow's going in the same spot every time, right? So for me, that anchor, I'm putting like the tip of my, I'm like, I don't know if this is a new anchor. It kind of, maybe is because I'm, I was, I'm telling you guys I was fired up. So I'm ripping this bow back, right? I'm, I'm talking full extension. And so the knuckle, the first knuckle on my thumb closest to my fingernail that was touching the back of my jawbone that little divot there and when as soon as it touched there boom release that's called snap shooting and uh and it was awesome so absolutely went wild i don't know what that noise is i got my headphones on so anything i touch this mic is so sensitive it's like i can just hear it like this is my water sliding on the table like two and a half feet away eerie very crazy and so today it was like, all right, what's next? You know, I, Jordan Peterson says, never compare yourself to who somebody else is today, but compare yourself to who you were yesterday, right? And so I'm like, you know, I'm going to get it on. So I got up 4 a.m., read the Bible, came upstairs, meditated for one hour, put my clothes on, packed my food. My food was all pre-made. I had done all my meal prep last night. And uh, put it in the bag and got the fuck out the door. I was the first one in school. Nobody there. Lights, just me. And the lights were on because there was maybe like a cafeteria staff there, right? But no teachers were there. No administrators were there. And uh, and actually, I was, even though I was very productive this morning, I didn't do, there, there's so much more to do. I literally made flashcards for an hour and a half. That's basically what I did. CVC words like P-I-G, pig, p- and so I've got some kids that still don't know their letters. So I had made custom flashcards for like which letters each kid didn't know. And I was having the, you know, the higher kids. That's what we call them in the teacher world. We don't call them smarter. We call them higher. We, uh, you know, they were doing the flashcards for them. But it's like, man, why, why can't we go both ways? And so I put the, I had to put a picture, though, on the back of the CVC word because the kid who doesn't know how to read has no idea if the other kid is reading it right. Like, P-I-N, pin, like, he, you know, this kid, he, this kid's a neck downer. I mean, he was born addicted to drugs. Like, I, you know, and that's not his fault. I'm not picking, I'm not making fun of him, right? But he was born addicted to drugs. This kid's got a wire crossed. He has no idea if somebody read that right. But the man can look at a picture and say, oh, yeah, that's dig. You know, the person is digging or, oh, yup, that's a log. And then when the guy, when the person says log, the kid can go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, log. And then go to the next one. I got to tell you, this new curriculum, a lot of teachers are not loving it. And we actually have another school district coming in to circulate through classrooms and watch people teach it because they're thinking about adopting it. Okay, well, you know what? I said yes. And when the first survey came out a couple months ago, I'm like, sure, I got an open door policy, man. Anybody can come in. But you know what? When the instructional, when uh, the curriculum coordinator, uh, instructional coordinator, whatever her fucking really long title is, uh, came into my room one day, which I I was I don't want to say I invited her in. I was asking for uh, 
camera to get my class to film to get a lesson filmed because I wanted to improve. I'm like, what well, you know? How does it look? Am I you know what's going on here? I'm trying to get better. And so she's like, well, I have to come in and, and see and teach to know what kind of camera you need. And it's like, that's fucking horseshit. That is bullshit, and you know it. You're just using an excuse to come in and fucking watch me because you don't like me. But I was like, whatever, yeah, you should come on in. But you know what? She fucking dragged her fucking feet. I already got the camera. I already filmed both lessons. And then she comes in like two weeks later, and I have the worst math lesson of my life. It was pure fucking chaos. Way too many transitions. Just... Uh, I, had, I had like a bear hunting magazine. At one point, I pull out the bear hunting magazine, and I'm like, "Hey, look, here are some bears!" Like, uh, like what the fuck is going on in there? And so apparently, she went and fucking told my principals all about it. And God only knows who else she told. Probably the superintendent, right? Because superintendent likes me. So why not go fucking ruin that relationship? And so she's in charge of this hoopla with the new with the neighboring school coming in and watching us, as well as for and that's for ELA, right? But for math. We have the actual uh, company coming in. The actual Eureka Square is called Eureka Math. The actual company is going to be coming and observing, and I don't know if they're going to be coaching, but just like seeing how it's implemented. And she said, "Hey, you reply to this email if you don't want people to come in." And I was like, "You know what? Fuck you." And I said, "Nope, don't want anybody to come in." So. You know what? It's like, fuck you, man. I got an open-door policy because I want people to come in. I want to get better. When we were on the phone the next day after that lesson, she gave me all these, you know, hey, I think you should try this. She gave me all this really nice feedback, and I actually used it. I used it, and our lessons got a million. Math is going great now. It's awesome. So why did you have to go out there and make a big fucking deal about it? Are we not all in this together or not? So you know what? Fuck you. And if you're going to be walking around with these people at the same time, fuck you. I don't need you fucking judging me, talking about me. Get the fuck out of here. So anyway, you can tell that bothers me a little bit. But I'm wondering if the pastor, because I have not heard back from that. Ooh, you hear that fart? (laughs) I have not heard back from that pastor. And I'm wondering if he actually decided to listen to an episode before he just replied. Remember, because he just replied to that email. I wonder if he actually hadn't listened to one. And now that he's listening to him, he's probably like, well, I don't want to get involved with this. This dude's talking about drugs. This dude's talking about getting drunk. This dude's cursing. And, uh, you know, that makes sense. I don't, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. It's all good. But, listen, what I realized last night was that we are in control of what goes into our mind. And that what goes into our mind controls our thoughts. And by controlling our thoughts, it's controlling the direction and our trajectory. I have been consumed with Twitter because I am a paranoid conservative in many ways, and I'm a doomsday prepper in many ways, and I expect there to be a fucking EMP pulse at any moment from China to fucking shut the grid down, and and, and then it's, it's on like Donkey Kong. You know what I'm saying? Like, what did it say? Lock and load the handguns, fucking grab my bug out bag, snatch up the wife, and we're out of here. Right? So... I'm always trying to keep my pulse on it, especially when the fucking knocks down on the hill were lighting the country on fire uh, last year. That really bothered me, okay? That that was fucked up. And I, I get it. Listen, I worked in the hood for a long... I worked in the hood for nine years, okay? So don't say that I don't have empathy. Like, don't say that I don't totally get it. I get at least... I get as much as you can not having actually lived it, right? Not actually having grown up there. So... But, man, it's just, it's scary. It is scary. So, thankfully, I'm now, like, farther out of the city. But, like, I'm always trying to keep my pulse on what's going on because the world is so upside down. You know, people are so depraved, so insane, so desperate, so hurt, so broken, uh, so godless. 
that at any moment anything could happen. So anyway, the point is I'm putting all that stuff in my brain and I'm surrounded by fucking boo-hoo. My, my life is, is terrible. Eeyore wife, right? And she's not here right now. She was here the other day and I had commented something on a podcast and she actually knocked on the door when the podcast was done and was like, you need to, I really want you to take that off. She's crying, right? She's like, you know, people, people don't need to know our, our, our personal lives and, and, uh, and, 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 because it, it made her look bad. Because it made her fucking look bad. And so she wanted that to be taken off. And it's like, you know what? I know we were talking about kids. <sighs> I had trouble. So that meditation lasted me all the way until 4 o'clock. I got in the car at 4 o'clock. I arrived at school at 7. Got in the car at 4. Started working at 7, I should say. And then I, I got in the car at 4. So nine-hour day. Pretty cool. It was a pretty good day. And I don't know if it was the commute or the meditation wearing off, but I thought back to Saturday when uh, I had talked to, to my wife about scheduling me a dentist appointment. And she, and she's like, what? And then she brings up this thing she saw on social media. She's like, well, you, you can see where, where this increases my mental load. And it's like, okay, two, two pieces to this. I don't give a fuck about going to the dentist. You're the one who keeps harping me on it. So if you want me to go, Fucking go ahead and call him, schedule me an appointment, and I'll go up. And then the bigger piece of it, really, is it's it's the most arrogant, self-righteous thing you could fucking say. To say that, like, oh, I'm increasing your mental load. When I went down to see this bitch in D.C., and I love my wife dearly, so I, I shouldn't even say that. I don't mean to hurt you ladies who are out there. I know that B word is, like, really sensitive. Um, so when I went down to see this lady in Washington, D.C., she was eating black beans out of a can and ramen, right? She wouldn't go shopping, so she would just basically be, like, eating through, like, abstract boxes of, like, dried rice and shit. And so we would go to the grocery store, and that'd be good enough for, like, two weeks, and she would, like, whittle her way through it like a mouse, you know, like a harvest mouse, like, whittling it their way through the 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 fall and the, and the winter, <laughs> I don't know, harvest, I guess, right? And then I'd show up, and I'd be like, holy fuck, like, here you are, you're fucking eating, you know, cranberry sauce out of a can again, and so we'd go to the store, repeat, repeat, and then we get up here, and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm walking you like a pet dog, because otherwise you just sit on the couch all day, so I'll come home and be like, oh, hey, why don't we go for a walk, or okay, it's a weekend, and we're, we're you know, we sleep in, and it's like, hey, babe, you know, we should probably go out for a walk, so, <laughs> and then she, and she has the balls to say it to me when we're going to the gym. When I'm driving her ass past my, you know, past my house to get to the gym, and she and she has the balls to say that the, the mental load, and it's just, listen, nobody nobody's perfect, but to to think that you don't contribute to my mental load, like dude, I used to get, I used to borderline, I wouldn't say hyperventilate, but I would be so stressed out upon opening the door of my house because it's like, what's gonna, what's it gonna be today, right? Like, what's gonna, what is she gonna be bitching about today? Like, what did she not do? To, like, did she did she prep dinner? Did she do any chores? Did she contribute to the family? And that's why this whole kids thing comes up. Because at some point, it's kind of like, uh, if you're not going to make any babies, and you're not going to work full time, then what the fuck's going on here? And listen, I have great faith in my wife. She's a diamond in the rough, okay? I, I, I have no doubt that this is all going to get sorted out. I feel totally confident about that. But on the way home, I was losing it. I was, getting, I was like so filled with hate. 
and like I the, the, like I was playing out the scenarios in my head and like what I was gonna say next time she did that like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure she really hurts and that is classic me right like that is classic Jonah I've been doing that since I was five years old laying in bed like I'm gonna really fuck that person up next time like ooh this just running scenarios through my head and. Uh, you know, it's lame. It's super duper lame. Maybe if I wasn't stoned out of my mind every time I went down there, uh, it wouldn't be such a big deal. I'll never forget, uh, you know, trying to track down Bud in D.C. And I'd always be like nosing into this shop and just kind of like feeling it out. This little like head shop or whatever. And they didn't sell weed. But, you know, just kind of chatting with the guy, saying hi. I mean, I'm going down like six months, like pe- peeking my head in. And finally one day he's like, hey, did, you didn't know about this other place? And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, just just go up the block here and buy a t-shirt, and they'll give you an eighth of weed. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Bro, I've been coming in here for six months, and now you're telling me that? Now you're telling me this? Ah, it was so lame, so lame. And it was good weed, you know, was, I mean, you know, hydro grow or whatever. But don't smoke weed. Don't do it. Don't do it, you guys. Um, And uh, don't pound maple syrup right this late at night, because it makes you a crazy person. Anywho, uh... Listen, that 50% when it comes, so here's our, here's our full circle. I'm going to end with two things. The 50% rule with lifting weights, I'm loving it. Listen, I, I can't look at myself in the mirror because I have this whole like body image complex. I know it sounds weird to say, but I, I, I used to have a podcast where I talked to athletes, elite athletes, and they all, I won't say they all agree because we didn't, I didn't talk about it with all of them, but I did come up with some of them, including a girl who was anorexic and For elite athletes, it is very common to have a body complex issue, to look at yourself in the mirror, think you're too small, think you're fat, et cetera, et cetera. And you combine that with my background in wrestling and then the bodybuilding. And then, of course, you got a bathroom mirror and you're brushing your teeth every day with your shirt off as a kid. And you're just constantly critiquing yourself, evaluating yourself. And so I get spun up. The bigger and stronger I got, the smaller and weaker I felt or I thought I was. So my glory years, my glory days... Um, were totally wasted. I couldn't appreciate them. And now I actually am starting to put a little bit of size on, which is crazy because I'm only on week like, I don't know, week six. And if you had told me when I was 18 that you could lift 50% of your max using nasal breathing the entire time, right? So like you're, it's super low key and that you could put on bulk. I would have said you were, you were fucking nuts, right? Like if you were not in excruciating pain the next day, you did not work out hard enough. Um, we there was this crazy hill outside of the gym and i'll never forget leg days man trying to get up that hill i'm talking there were like 150 steps and, and that's a legitimate number that's a real number and i'd have to like pick up my bike and like carry my bike up these steps um to get back to my dorm and the next day you know you you couldn't walk well and yet here i am lifting a fraction of that and i'm actually growing and i just believe that it's not setting your body back too much like your body is just constantly anabolic right it's just constantly building like you didn't damage it you didn't you didn't destroy it you didn't break it so it just goes in and kind of does a little repair and then there there you go now it's the next day like i can do the same workout day after day i'm not i do i flip between upper lower upper lower but i could easily do the same work and i have a couple of times done the same workout day after day because i'm not all fucked you know i'm not fucked up from it now sunday I went ham because I, I just felt like mentally I needed it for some reason. I, I don't know. I was just edgy. And so I went in there and ground, probably because, well, from the drinking on Friday. So when I was in the gym Saturday, I wore all my sweat gear. You know, I sweated out like crazy. But then Sunday I went in there and I still went in and hammered. 
and now today I am wicked sore, and today I could not lift, because uh, I'm because I'm so sore, and it's dumb. It's like wow, maybe being sore is your body giving you a warning signal of like, hey, you hurt me, and you need to protect me now and not use me until I am fully repaired. And so it's just a total it's a total mental shift. It's very weird. Um, don't know how that will play if you're one of those folks who used to be like me where or who is how I used to be where you go to the gym and you try to find that dark place and you know lifting would be the chance for you to or running or whatever it is swimming would be your chance to soccer it would be your chance to get all your anger out or to get all your frustration out or to get all your anxiety out and so that is a little harder when you're doing the 50% thing like you're you're not really getting your emotions out um but there's other ways to do it. There's the Wim Hof. And that's, that's of course, the one thing I, I didn't do today is the Wim Hof. I plan to do it as soon as I hang up on this thing. Uh, I'm gonna, The only thing I'm going to change about my morning routine tomorrow is I'm going to put my back PT in the morning. Because I still haven't done my back PT yet. I did do my yoga. Um, but I, I should have... I don't think I have to get to school so early. In the sense that you're going all day and my core isn't activated... And so my back is under chronic stress, whereas if I did my back PT early, like now my core is activated, my transverse abdominus is tight, like my glutes are fired up, and I'm holding myself in a more stable position all day. It's much healthier. If I get to school at 7.30, that, that's a pretty safe time. It takes me 20 minutes to do the back PT. I got to school you know, at 6.58 today, so now if I get to school at 7.18, I'm walking in the door, it's still not 7.30. I'll still probably be the first one there. I might be the second one there. So, anyway, speaking of uh, weightlifters, Andy Bolton. Okay, I used to just consume this guy on YouTube. Andy Bolton, he is the world record holder in the squat. He's got a couple of WPO world records. And he was the very first man to deadlift over 1,000 pounds to show that it could be done. Uh, So he's a badass. And uh, Andy Bolton says, Act like your light lifts are heavy so your heavy lifts will feel light. And our Bible verse of the day, The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Exodus 15, 2. Hey, everybody, I'm trying to schedule. This dude's fired up. Alan, he got back to me again. We're going to actually do a podcast together. He is going to meet me over Zoom. He's over in Germany, and I'm over here. So the timing's going to be a little tricky, but he's, he's game. So I'll be the very first one, Quitting Marijuana Podcast, live with a guest. Remember to find satisfaction in the struggle, everybody, and peace in the moment. We'll see you next time.